Accutron Watches present. From New York City, this is the Accutron Show, a time travel through American culture with your hosts, Bill McCuddy, Scott Alexander, and David Graver. Visit AccutronWatch.com and discover the brand that has made American history with an all-new proprietary next-generation electrostatic energy movement. Accutron. It's not a timepiece. It's a conversation piece. Nowadays, I do get uh, like inbox messages that some girls or like boys, they will message me. They will be like, uh, "Gia, thank you for、um, reconnecting me to my own culture." Believe it or not, the person you heard at the top of the show is today's guest, DJ selector and producer Gia Fu, here to talk about the art of collecting records and what it means to be. And this is the do you believe part? The first Asian woman to produce a salsa record. She also has her own label. But first up, someone with no label. I'm Bill McCutty, along with the very labeled Scott Alexander and editor David Graver, here on a new episode of the Accutron Show. Stay tuned. We're getting musical. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Visit our website, accutronwatch.com, and discover our iconic SpaceView 2020 collection, recreating the stunning visual impact of the original open dial design combined with an all-new electrostatic energy movement. Time just changed again. The Accutron SpaceView 2020. Gentlemen, we are talking salsa music, not chips, just salsa.、No. And I'm curious because this is a thing. <laughs> It took a while for that、this、joke is, to okay, set in. Sure, that's <laughs> so it's a slow burn. It's, it's a slow、do. burn. Here's here's the thing about salsa. I it was not particularly on my radar until my kid who just graduated college, in the midst of college, was like, "Hey, Dad, like,、uh, yeah, oh, what you been doing?" Uh, you know, being in the salsa club, really, and、oh, going、what? out to salsa bars, and then when he went away to Spain, all he did was go to salsa bars. Well, okay, that makes sense. I mean, if you're if you have an influencer in your own family that's been well, to, I was a like,、Latin、there's、American、this whole、country. subculture going on with college students. Yeah,、this、which is, is college students at the University of Virginia. Salsa was this is so the, our guest. Is, it's not your grandfather's salsa anymore. There's a whole new,、uh, I guess, market. And she has put an album together, a record label together, and we're gonna like salsa. I think we should all like salsa, and I'm very excited <laughs> well, to like salsa. This, it's like Weird Al. You know, every time a new Weird Al album comes out, they go like, "Oh, Weird Al's back," and he's like, "I never went away." It's the same thing. Salsa never、okay. went away. You go to any. Uh, town of a decent size, Richmond, Virginia.、Yes. You, you, there's a there's a bar that has a salsa night once a week. Really, and I guarantee you. So, Bill, you're a natural dancer. <laughs> We、and、all、I'm, know this. I'm the most unnatural dancer on the planet. You are an unnatural dancer. That is true. That's what. And salsa requires partners. You know, salsa. You、it、have、is. to like. You can't just stand there and and look yeah, like. Yeah, but it's、Linus、nice. It's, it's sort the... of like it's the return to the old. It's not just like people getting up and it feels like everyone's dancing by themselves in a club, even when they're together. Everyone's dancing、right. just near each other, as opposed to boy girl dancing or boy boy dancing or girl girl dancing, whatever. But like partner dancing, I would like to dance with you, please.、Right. Like asking someone no to dance. No one's ever said that. To and there's、me. no, there's no. <laughs> well, there's, I, I know all this from from my son, but like he, there's no sort of like. 
overtones of weirdness. It's like everyone is expected. If you went to, out to dance, you're probably going to dance with 10 or 15 people. There's but no romantic That may be expected, but an Asian woman who divides her time between Hong Kong and the United States sort of rediscovering this yeah. and starting her own label, going down And being to, a heck of a dancer. And, going, but also, and, yeah, a lot of what like she does- Bill. Yeah, no, is, she I mean, can dance. not like this. A lot of what she does is let people dance at home. She's got 1.9 million views on her last YouTube DJ set. Right. Social media and dancing online and DJing online is just as important as her Las Vegas residency with Mark Antony. So she calls up uh, Angel Melendez, who's a, a huge producer. They put out this album uh, with 30 artists, including Tito Allen, uh, Gilberto Pulpo, uh, Colon Jr., uh, Herman Olivera. His nickname is Pulpo. He's a keyboard player, I know none player, of these people, but no, they're No, no, he's huge. a keyboard player. Like, what, what do you call Walker. a keyboard player? You call him Pulpo, okay. octopus. <laughs> ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, this will all be explained at the trial. Uh, when <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Pulpo came in, and then... Uh, <laughs> Hey, look, we're talking salsa, and we've got one of the world authorities today on the Accutron Show. Gia Fu uh, joins us when we return. Don't go away. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Visit our website, AccutronWatch.com, and discover our Accutron DNA collection. Reimagined for a new generation, the Accutron DNA combines breakthrough technology, precise engineering, and modern aesthetics to achieve a new level of technical excellence. The Accutron DNA, the new face of time for those who blaze new trails. I'm excited because we're going to Hong Kong and we are talking Ooh. to Gia Fu. Gia, welcome to uh, the Accutron show. I guess our first question is, why salsa? What was it about it? When were you attracted to it? When was the first time you heard it? Tell us the Gia Fu salsa story. Okay, thank you guys for having me. Um, my salsa story started when I was 15. I okay. I was dancing my entire life back then. And so I had different kinds of dance groups of friends. And one of them is brick dancing. So one day I went to this competition with my friends and... If you all know, breakdancing kind of uh, popularized and started in the Bronx. Sure. And and a lot of dancers at that time, they were Puerto Rican. And and so they sometimes would use a few salsa songs in their dancing. So I guess that's how it brought all the way to Hong Kong. And so when, when I went to that competition, um, if you can usually imagine nation right now, there's a stage in the middle and all the people, all the kids were sitting around the stage and the DJ in the corner. So the DJ suddenly starts to play uh, Roberto Rana's song, Que Se Sepa. And all the kids in the room doesn't speak a word of Spanish or English. And they, but somehow they all know how to sing the song. <laughs> so when the first first lyrics comes in is si 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 do do si do do, so everybody started singing together. Oh wow! And when the beat dropped, everybody just went crazy. So I that that's the first time I heard my first salsa, and I was so mesmerized by how music connects people from different culture. <laughs> together in one room. I smell movie. 
<laughs> it feels like a scene from a movie. It does feel like a You actually transformed that into an academic study. You studied Hispanic American language in university. Yes, I was majoring because since that time, I decided I wanted to study Spanish. So um, at first, I didn't know what's the entire thing about salsa. So I thought like, oh, okay, I just want to listen to music in Spanish in general. And I didn't know like history-wise, cultural-wise, cultural I don't know much that time when I was like a younger. So so eventually um, I wanted to know more about this music, which is salsa. And I couldn't get any resources in Hong Kong. And the only thing I could close to and like study more is to major in this Spanish studies. And in one focus, they let us pick what we want to focus on. And then I pick Hispanic studies. And my main um, writing focus was on Cuban films. But okay. doing the films, it, because it's the only thing I can talk about the music. So my professor is like, okay, she picked Cuban film. <laughs> the, the whole thing I was writing for my graduation essay, like it's like a film, film, film analysis. All I wrote about was the music, the background music. Uh-huh. So you snuck your way into the music. You're you're kind of warming your way there. Yes. So when you were describing your first time and seeing it with breakdancing and everything, it was very visual. And I just wonder, it was brand new to you, but there must have been something that was familiar about it. What is it about salsa that is like music you'd heard before? It's actually what, what captures me the most was the salsa dancing part. Uh-huh. So apart from the from from when I first heard the salsa, I the first time I knew that you could dance to a song in a partner form, like the old way, like the guy would ask a girl to dance like politely, and it was the first it it was it was when I was traveling by myself before I got into university, but uh, I was in Greece, Santorini. And I was staying in a hostel, and there, and one day it was so hot, and everybody was on their phone. And then there's this Puerto Rican guy who was also traveling, and then he was like, "How come everybody's on their phone? They're like you guys are traveling, like you're supposed to enjoy." So mm-hmm. then, but so then he put on like some salsa music, and then he taught everybody in the hostel to dance. So, <laughs> so that's the first time I knew that you could dance to a song like that, which. It reminds me so much because I've been, my mom was a dance teacher, so I've been dancing ballet and Chinese traditional dance my whole life before I first heard this. Okay. So uh, I always, I, I always couldn't find myself in that two dances because it's so like, um, is so structural, like they teach you all the steps, they tell you all the movement, but after you learn everything, you can't, you you cannot really improvise yourself 
if you know what I mean. So when I first knew that you could dance to that, like in a partner way, you follow the lead, and then when they let you go, you just do whatever you feel like. <laughs> so so that that's the thing that keeps me the most the first time. And also a lot of factors on the、mm. other side. How do you transition this passion for salsa into becoming such a prolific collector of vinyl, and then an international DJ? Well,、um, when I when it was during like parallel times to when I was doing my major、mm. in, in university, and also I I was that's when I first met my mentor. In Hong Kong, he's from Gulasau, Caribbean island, and he grew up listening to this music. And then somehow he found his way to Hong Kong, and he was one of the organizers of some salsa parties in Hong Kong. And then he saw that I was so crazy in school, <laughs> and I was just trying to like figure out everything. And he asked me if I wanted to learn more about the music and. He asked me if I wanted to like start to learn to play for these kind of parties. So then, because in Asia it's still not so new, but、uh, the scene just does soon have like new faces that time. So、mm-hmm. he's like, "Do you want to try?" Like, and then he, and then I said, "Yeah, why not?" Because I just want to learn more. So I'm like. Cool, let's do it. And then, and then on the other side, he also like kind of pushed me to do like、uh, to learn how to actually DJ, like mixing, scratching, like practicing, because he tell me like if you want to do salsa, it's more about the knowledge behind and the selection. Because、mm. when you play for dancing crowd, is more for people to dance to enjoy, and you because salsa they have their Song structure and when you play it, you don't want to mess with that.、Right. So、you just want to play the record.、Yeah. You don't want to necessarily mix it too much or mix it with something else. So, 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 so house music for a different kind of house for like a different <laughs> kind of audience. Well, they already mixed it. Like they already、right. made a dance mix, an extended dance remix. It's on the record. Just play the darn record. <laughs> so, how big is your vinyl collection at this point? I have two thousand five hundred. Okay. Oh, also work. <laughs> well, and you've traveled all over the world doing this. Do you look for vinyl everywhere you go, and what's the best place to look? Yes, that's the first thing I do. Oh yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually, I have never been to Latin America yet. Oh wow. Okay. But so so a lot of vinyls I started buying in France and Italy first. Yeah. Okay. These last few years, I went.、Uh, I went to the U.S. more, so I bought the most of my records in New York. Okay. Also, during the pandemic times, I met like different collectors online, and then they would send me like videos of like their stash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, really? They'll、wow. they'll flip through it for you. Yeah. Oh, that's. Videos and then I would send them videos of what I got. Like it's kind of like exchanging, but then at the same time they're selling to me. Yes, <laughs> sure, right, right. Gia,、right. when we come back, we are going to ask you to show us some of those and describe them to people listening to this podcast if they're not watching it on YouTube. 
Uh, we're, so we're going to take a, a slight break. When we return more with Gio, we're spinning discs with uh, one of the most international DJs. And uh, this is the Accutron Show. Don't go away. This podcast is presented by Accutron Watches. Visit our website, AccutronWatch.com, and discover our legacy collection. Reviving some of the most memorable Accutron watches from the 60s and 70s, the Legacy Collection combines timeless design with the technical excellence of Swiss watchmaking, each limited to 600 individually numbered pieces. The Accutron Legacy Collection, inspired by the past, built for the future. We're back with GFU and we're talking about salsa. It's uh, it's an incredible topic because I think it's ignored by a lot of people, but you've sort of taken up the mantle and even put together a, a huge big band album of all of this. Tell us about assembling that and what the germ of that idea was. Um, that happened um, during the pandemic. So as I was sharing before, I, I, I was just sharing with you guys how I started DJing and playing for salsa parties and a part of me that when I decide to do something I am I would just go really really deep about it because I'm very stubborn Mm -hmm. and and that's because of how I was brought up uh, on my mother's side because she was she's a dance teacher and then um yeah that's that's that part i'll leave it out first so but it's just i'm very stubborn when it comes to how i decide to do something especially on how you appreciate an art or culture i wanted to do it right and i want to i want to know everything about it so when i when during the pandemic i i was looking for this one song by the artists that I would, I eventually produce an album with, that I was looking for it for like months, and then I I sent it to my mentor. I had had this little recording that I went to, um, that I got from my friend, and then I sent it to my mentor. I'm like, do you know who's this by? And somehow he, my mentor, he used to live in Chicago, so he's like, oh, this is this. The artist that used that lives in Chicago, the the salsa artist that's based in Chicago, that I heard it like maybe twenty years ago, the song, <laughs> and oh. so I'm like, what? And, and and eventually he connected me with this artist whose name is Angel Melendez. So we had a Zoom call, uh, FaceTime, and I was just simply asking him, oh, can you please like. Do you know where can I get this song? And then he uh, he, he just right sent me the song. <laughs> He's like, I was just sent it to you. And then we we just t- started talking about other stuff because it was everybody was in quarantine that time. So I was just telling him how I started DJing, kind of like now. And I was showing him the records. Like we were talking about how um, we both love the big band sound in salsa and mm-hmm. in. Uh, different kinds of music because it's like salsa nowadays the com- um, com- especially the commercial ones you it's just very clean and very studio like it, it's just different than how it used to be <laughs> so we were right. just talking about it and then i was telling him oh i have these records that i got it from colombia um 
is like it has the potential to be so good because the melody sounds really good. But at the, but because I think with the limited resources they had that time during like seventies, eighties, it just didn't come came out so nicely. It's just the recording. So I was just telling him, oh, if 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 these these songs and or if these artists have had the resource that time or like re- rearrange it in a big band style, it sounds so great. And then he's like. Oh, I can't easily do that uh, because uh, is uh, he 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 normally arrange for big bands. He he has his own big band in Chicago, so he's like, oh yeah, you, uh, uh, <laughs> let us do something about it then. Because and, and to be to clear, Gia, and to be clear, a lot of salsa was little combos and trios and just four people together making the music. And the idea of now having a big band do this was a little bit of a novelty. I think. Um, I'm not sure if, if if I should say this, but I think it's because um, the music industry has gotten more commercialized. Mm-hmm. So, and and in order and now, apart from salsa music, when you do like electronic music, it everybody just use dig, like digitalized. Like you right. make the beat by yourself at home, but sure. instead salsa still record each musician individually. Right. No, so no, I think you're right. Do... And this idea was to get real yeah. people together and put together a big band, which I think is kind of cool. Did yes. this also lead to the creation of your record label, Kong Records? Um, yes, I <laughs> actually just created that record label in like... 10 minutes because oh, wow <laughs> we, because we wanted to because we were like okay we gotta release this album but like we gotta make a label so so that's just like um little very short super super short so story. you made a band to make the record you made a label to make the record it's all just like let's just get this record done whatever it needs to be done. Yes, how many pieces it's... are in the in the band huh how many uh players in the band uh, twenty players each song, and wow. in total we had in total we had uh thirty artists participating. That's a big band. Oh, congratulations! A lot. Of- and where did you do it? Where did you produce it? I well, at first we tested with two songs because I were uh, we were just deciding how many pieces of a band that we wanted. So we we're like. We either do it right or we just don't do it. So <laughs> Angel gave me a choice of like, oh, you want 12? Do you want like six? Do you want like 16, 14, like 20? And then I said, then we, he gave me the maximum is like 20. So I'm like, let's go with 20. So 20 so, sounds good. <laughs> so, so, so we started with two songs and the first time we recorded two songs is when i was uh i i i took two older songs from the older albums i have and then it's kind of like a cover so he is like a test so he he angel went to puerto rico to record there by himself first and and then that time I was still in Hong Kong and couldn't go anywhere. So I was just sitting at home and waiting for him. And 
and then it came out really good. So the second time and the third time, I I I flew to Puerto Rico to join the recording session and be there. Were you surprised by how critically well received it was that everyone loved it? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I I never really focus on that part because I is like a whole learning journey for me because when I first started I didn't expect to be the entire album of 12 songs I was just gonna do two songs we're just gonna test two songs but you really just tried to get this one record (laughs) and then you ended up producing an album so (laughs) yeah we were just trying we were just testing two songs and it eventually ended up with an album so Uh, I, I was basically focused more on the process than how it was received because I I was learning everything by myself. I didn't know how to release songs online. I didn't know how to use those distribute this online distribution. So I was it was a mess. <laughs> and then I got it I, after I released it digitally and somehow some people from Mexico and Colombia, they heard it because of the musicians that were on the album. They were so famous that they their followers knew about the album. So they were messaging me. They're like, hey, Gia, like, we we don't use Spotify. We don't use Apple Music. We, we only still listen to CDs. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I gotta do a CD. Oh wow! And then, and then and then and then so I was doing the CD. I was like, oh, I gotta get this done. So so we print we we send the material to print the CDs, and then after that, uh, well, because I collect so many vinyls, of so of course I would do a vinyl. Right. I and figured. and and so so then after this cd i did the vinyl so it was isn't vinyl vinyl is very hard to uh get pressed now right isn't there long waiting lines there's only certain number of factories and there's a big wait yes in the u.s okay and europe i press my i press mine in taiwan it's like a very small company and it's owned by a bunch of audiophiles so like they're very precise and and they there is a very small business. That but you can get had. it done faster in Taiwan than in yes. the United States. Okay. Speaking of vinyls, do you have some that you'd be interested in showing us? Some that are yes. very meaningful to you? Yeah, and describing for people listening. What yes. are we looking at? So, so this is the first one that I want to share is Grupo Baruch. I think is how it's pronounced. It's B-A-R-U-C. And I want to share this is because this is um, my first vinyl. Oh, my okay. first salsa record oh, wow. that I got. It's because I, I found one of the songs online and I was trying so hard to get the digital format. But but because I, I never want to like just I, I never want to rip songs from YouTube. So I'm like, I got to find a way to get this song instead of because i i yeah that's just how stubborn i was so (laughs) so then i eventually knew that it was on actually on a record so i'm like okay now i'm i need to get this and 
Yeah, some of the music you're describing isn't on YouTube, right? I mean, it's, it's very. I, you talked about a, a song that took 20 years to. I mean, and uh, finding the guy in Chicago and like, this is a uh, almost folklore. This music it's almost handed down and and maybe isn't published places. So, you're sort of like a, 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 a tr out there uh, like uh, a scientist looking for this stuff, <laughs> like having to. More like geological a dig. Explorer. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so, so, uh, and that's what I wanted to share this album. The other reason is because when I, when I was invited by my analog journal, the YouTube channel to do my first YouTube set that kind of got many views <laughs> but, uh, and, and then I, it helped me to open like a new audience that like people from around the world, then they can listen to salsa. Like, but when he asked me to play, he's like, Oh dear, uh, this is a, a vinyl set only channel. So we, I would like you to do a salsa vinyl set. So I was thinking if I'm going to do a salsa vinyl set, I, I wouldn't want to just play songs that were already accessible online. Like, I didn't want to just play songs that were already on the Spotify, iTunes. So I'm like, okay, then I'm going to do a set that I know I think is danceable and songs that I like, but actually not so popularized. So I did that first Colombians also record set and I eventually it got man um a lot of audiences listen mm -hmm. to and then i started my own youtube channel because i just want to keep doing it and to share what i have because normally in hong kong i just don't go out i just stay at home and listen to everything <laughs> i have so and this is um one of this is on my first set on my channel and and last time when i did the gig in las vegas with <laughs> with Pepe, uh, the producer of the of this album was there. Oh, oh wow! So oh, cool. so it's like a circle complete. Yeah, our our producer Pepe gets to hobnob with all the cool people <laughs> while we sit in this room with no windows or doors. Um, <laughs> but it must be. So, I, I would imagine that some of these people that you're spinning, they're they're finding a new audience through you they must be so happy to hear this music they made 10, 20, even 30 years ago yeah, coming back out. I, I hope they feel that way. But a lot of, a lot of the artists, like um, like the Colombians also said that I did, a lot of the artists, I cannot find them online or they mm. are like so much older or they right. probably wouldn't be on social media. So they mm. probably wouldn't hurt about it and right. yeah it's but, hard to even track but, it down i have yes. a, this is sort of a funny question uh i'm curious to hear what you have to say about it the there's a lot of talk these days about people promoting things that are only that are you're only allowed to do it if you're from the culture so if you're from puerto rico you can promote yes. puerto rican music if you're from colombia you can you know if you're going to be in a movie you should be of the race or of the gender or right. of the whatever there seems to be these yeah. new rules coming out right. i find it so refreshing that somebody who does, is not from the caribbean or not from yes. uh, you know central america or anywhere that 
someone from a completely different culture became fascinated with this and then just loved loving it so much and promoting it so much but have you run into any opposition where people say hey do you have the right to do this being from hong kong luckily i haven't i i i knew i knew that some people eventually would feel that but luckily i haven't received this kind of common yeah okay good <laughs> In, because most of the people they would the the not negative but like they more people were focusing on how uh, I'm the girl in the video dancing. More people will focus on that. <laughs> in, in well, you of, are the girl in that video I mean, that we've all seen instead, something in, like two million of, times. Uh, so instead, congratulations yeah. on that. Listen, you were talking about uh, the older established people in this business, and that was who the audience was. So you also said you're not that concerned with how popular an album may or may not be, but it must be gratifying that it's gotten the kind of recognition that it has. And has it surprised you that a younger audience now is is sort of thanks to you discovering salsa? Um, uh, yes, I wouldn't say thanks to me because uh, everything that I'm doing is really starting from how much I love this music, mm -hmm. and the more I learn in school about the um history social uh impact on um how it how the social like for example social injustice in in, in like impact on how the music sound or like how people express themselves so um whatever i'm doing i i really just want people to appreciate this as i am and so it, it it just even when I produced this album, I was just thinking about how I didn't want to just play music. I didn't want to just be a DJ. I, I wanna I want to involve more and contribute to this community and I, I didn't I didn't think much I, instead of just like I wanna do more, I wanna do more, I wanna contribute. I want how can I do more for this and make more people listen to it. But I do get I do get nowadays I do get uh, like inbox messages that some girls or like boys they will message me they will be like uh, Gia thank you for um, reconnecting me to my own culture yeah, <laughs> because um... because I saw your YouTube video and saw how you how much you love salsa and it really <laughs> amazed them to see that I'm from so far away and some 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 people would text me that they started taking salsa lessons just because of oh, wow. watching the videos I think you're way too humble about the role you're playing in this I think it's great that you're doing it uh, the album is amazing Kong as a label will continue to thrive I'm sure on vinyl and CD as we've learned and uh, it has been a pleasure to come to Hong Kong with you for this uh, podcast and we hope the next time that you're in New York we can come and see you and uh, maybe try to do some salsa dancing uh, <laughs> I'll watch David yeah we'll watch we'll both watch David Jiafu uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Accutron show thank you for having me thanks Gia <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to The Accutron Show. To listen to all of our shows, visit AccutronWatch.com. To learn more about the world of Accutron, follow us on Instagram at AccutronWatch and subscribe to our podcast. From New York City, until next time, Accutron Time.